and welcome to today's episode of the workings of a spiritual mind my name is holly and i'm the voice behind the podcast if you listen to us before welcome back if you haven't and you're wondering what this podcast is all about we look into anything and everything spiritual related so different spiritual practices like mediumship or angel work we're looking to myths and legends ghosts and ghoulies chakras aura energy work anything that falls under that spiritual umbrella we take a look into and today is episode two of our mediumship series so if you haven't listened to episode one go back and take a little listen it's called an introduction to mediumship and it gives you a brief description and explanation of what mediumship is where it potentially all started but also gives you an idea of who i am my background my experiences and how i came to be where i am today But today we're looking at psychics and mediums. So just what the heck they are, what they do, what the differences are between the two and how they conduct a reading. Most people would have heard of the word psychic. You yourself might be a psychic practitioner. You or a friend might have booked in for psychic reading. You might have a psychic fair come to your neck of the woods. You might have gone out for a little day trip to the seaside and there's a psychic down there doing readings. Psychic seems to be more of common word than medium, even though they kind of go hand in hand. They both work in a similar way, as in opening up, connecting to energy, but they work completely different when it comes to the type of energy they're connecting with. Now, most mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. And that could be for a number of reasons. It could be that that person just doesn't want to connect to spiritual energy. It's not their purpose. It could be that they've dabbled in that, but they're quite happy doing psychic readings. But whatever the case, a psychic and medium will have their own way of opening up and connecting to energy. So as we go through this podcast, I'll give you an idea of how I open up and connect. If you are a psychic medium, it may be completely different to how you open up and connect. Remember, that's okay. We are all equal in our opinions, beliefs, ideas, and we find what works best for us. Anything in life that we do, we find what we're comfortable with, what makes us flow, and what works for us. So let's begin with psychics. What is a psychic? A psychic will tune into the energy of a physical person, okay, a living person's energy. And that is where a big difference is between a psychic and a medium. But how exactly do they do that? Well, prior to a psychic reading, you have to get yourself into a calm, relaxed state of mind. And you can do that via a number of different ways. You can do that through breathing work. So nice, deep breaths in and out. You can do that through like a a short, sharp meditation, one that gets you in the moment. The more calm and relaxed you are, the more easy it is for you to open and expand your energy that helps you create that connection to that person. So when I prepare for a psychic reading, I do breathing work. I then do some visualizations and intentions, which helps me create that connection. So I ground my roots down into the earth after I've done my breathing work. So I do a couple of deep breaths in and out. And then I ground my roots. And by that, I mean, I visualize these big, beautiful like tree roots going down the back of my spine, down my legs into the earth that flows into each layer of the earth, which gives me that grounded connection. I then envision the light inside me, a beautiful bright white light in my heart area expanding all around my body out into a ginormous bubble. I then begin the connection to the person who's come for a reading. So that person is known as a sitter. So the way I do that is by setting an intention that I will connect to Joe Bloggs energy. I then visualize his name in my mind's eye in big bright white lights and that starts my connection. 
Once I have that connection, I set another intention that I receive guidance and messages for the highest and greatest good. And then the reading begins. Now, I prefer to open up and create that connection prior to that person coming to see me. Some people prefer to open up as they're directly in front of that person because by talking and discussing how things are going to go, it kind of creates that connection. But like I said before, it's what works for you. So you may think, well, how on earth do visualizations and intentions create a connection? My gosh, does it? When I first started out, I will admit, I was a little skeptical about this process. When I did my first psychic readings, they were practice readings, thankfully. But because I didn't quite believe that setting intention and visualizing their name would work, I didn't bother doing that. So inevitably, the reading was completely off. It was so wrong. It was just awful. I mean, I got bad feedback. It didn't resonate with the person. And I'd known what I'd done because I didn't trust and believe in the process, yet it still left a bad taste in my mouth. And I thought, well, my gosh, I'm going to have to boost my confidence now. So it took me a while to trust the process, trust myself and get that confidence back. So I set those intentions. I'd done those visualizations. And the next psychic reading was spot on. It was so accurate that it just blew my mind. So what am I then connecting to? So I mentioned before about tuning into a physical living person's energy. We are tuning in and connecting to your energetic field and your aura. Every living being, animal, human, plants, flowers, trees, everything has an energetic field. Everything has an aura. And just like our mind holds memories, our energy field holds memories, it holds emotions, it holds imprints. And as we connect to your energetic field, we're then picking up on those emotions and those imprints and getting the guidance and messages based on that that we can relay back to you. Psychics will then use clear senses, so similar to a medium. Clear senses will cover in another episode, but they begin to pick up things through feeling, seeing and hearing and using their intuition. And a psychic will predominantly read based on your past, present and future. So if we look at the past, you may have gone traveling at the age of 21, come across loads of different countries, loads of different experiences. The psychic will pick that up and relay that information back to you. On the flip side, you might have gone through quite a traumatic experience as a child. The psychic will pick that up and relay that back to you. Now, that's not to drag up memories that are hurtful and painful. It's a way of giving you that validation that they've got that connection to you and your energy. It can also be a way of healing. A lot of the time when we've gone through a traumatic experience as a child, as an adult, we feel like it doesn't affect us. We don't think about it. We don't talk about it. We don't need to know about it. It's buried deep down within us. But sometimes by burying it deep down and not acknowledging it and accepting it, it can affect our day-to-day lives unbeknownst to us. So if a psychic starts relaying information based on a traumatic experience you may have gone through, it can be a way to help trigger the healing within you, healing that you perhaps didn't realise that you needed. Looking at the present, the psychic will pick up things that's going on in your life right now, such as if you're thinking about moving home or looking into a change of career or starting a new relationship. The psychic will then look into your future. So what could potentially arise in the next couple of months, years, based on the path that you're taking at the moment? But we all know futures aren't set in stone. So it's just guidance that we're given based on what we're picking up in that present moment. Sometimes a psychic will give information based on something that you need to be cautious of or aware of, such as, let's give an example of, say you have a family member who is unfortunately passing away from an illness. They have a will. Usually, 
when someone passes, the will can cause a ripple effect in the family where it causes arguments, uh, difference of opinions. A psychic might pick that up and relay information back to you of something to be cautious of and aware of. Some psychics will use tools to help with the reading, such as oracle cards or crystals. That's known as a form of divination. We'll have a divination series coming up. I use cards in my readings that helps the energy flow. It helps the messages flow, gives a bit more guidance and clarification on some things as well. Now, sometimes the psychic reading can be misinterpreted as a mediumship reading, because like I said before, where your mind holds memories, your energy field holds memories as well. So let's say you have a grandfather who's passed over and every Sunday was his time, his day, and he absolutely loved fishing and he'd go out super early and go fishing. That was his quiet time. You would remember those not only in your mind, but in your energy field. And the psychic will start picking that up and giving you information based on your grandfather about what he used to do on a particular day. That way it can be misinterpreted as a mediumship reading. The difference is that the psychic wouldn't then give you messages and guidance from that past loved one and they're not going to give you validation of life after death. They're just giving you the information based on what they're picking up from you. So ultimately, a psychic is tuning into your physical energy that will not tune into spiritual energy. Now us humans, we live and reside on the physical world, the physical plane. This physical world operates on a low, dense vibration, one that is earthly and grounded. Okay, so vibration, frequency, very similar. Spirits who have passed over, they reside in the spiritual world, which resides on a higher, lighter energy and vibration. So a lot of the time, people don't realize the amount of spiritual activity that's going on around them because we operate on two different vibrations. We operate on two different frequencies. We are on a low dense vibration. Spirit is on a high lighter vibration. What keeps us on a low dense vibration? Well, ego, hatred, hold on to grudges, negative opinions, thoughts, feelings can keep us on that low vibration. So for example, if we look at the ego, how many times have you looked in the mirror thinking, oh, I look fat today, or you've brought a new dress, that you're really happy about, you think it looks amazing, and it does look amazing. You go out and wear this new dress on a work do, but your ego is saying to you, do people think I look fat? That's our ego talking. Now, our ego is connected to our physical body. And similar to yin and yang, to light and dark, you have an ego and you have a higher self. The higher self is attached to our spiritual body, and it's what gives us positivity, confidence, boosts our energy, whereas the ego tries to deflate that and put negative thoughts in there. It's very easy to allow the ego to overtake the higher self. But there has to be a balance between the two, like as an example, light and dark, night and day. If you hold on to grudges and just can't let it go, that will keep you on a low dense vibration. If you're quite a negative person, have negative thoughts that you don't even realize you're doing, that can keep you on a low vibration. So for example, let's say you needed to go work in the city. You had to get on a bus to the train station and get on a train to the city. You're sitting on the bus thinking, oh, but this bus is going to run late, which means I'm going to miss the train and I'm going to be late for work. And ultimately, the bus is a little bit late, which makes you run for the train and you just managed to get the train on time. You're sitting on the train thinking, oh, I'm going to be late. This train is going to stop at every single stop. And inevitably, the train stops at a signal because there's a signal failure. You're putting that negative energy out there and it's very much law of attraction, like attracts like. So if you're putting that negative feelings out there, those negative thoughts, it will bring negativity back to you. 
that can keep us on a low dense vibration. When we pass the spirit, our physical body doesn't pass over with us. It remains here in the physical plane. Our soul, our higher self, our core being is what detaches and transitions from physical to spiritual. So we are moving from that low dense vibration into one that's higher and light. When a lot of people experience the loss of a loved one through an illness and they go for a reading, a lot of the times they're asking if that their loved one is still in pain. No, it's a big fat no, because any pains, aches, illnesses, discomfort, anything that affected your physical body does not pass over with you. It's attached to your physical body. Therefore, all those pains, aches, illnesses doesn't move over with us. And the same can be said for the ego. I mentioned before about the ego being attached to our physical body. That doesn't pass over with us. You do hear sometimes in readings of a family member being very apologetic to the person who's come for a reading. So let's say you didn't get on with your father. You always had a difference of opinion and nothing was ever good enough for him. He now passed over. You go for a reading, you've connected to him. And he may be very apologetic because the ego hasn't moved over with us. It kind of allows spirit to understand the error of their ways. And they realize like how judgmental they were when they were alive. And that's why they can be very apologetic. And this is where the difference between a psychic and a medium comes in. So I said before, psychic connects to physical energy, a medium will connect to spiritual energy. So now let's look at exactly what a medium is. So a medium will work similar way to a psychic, as in the prep work, they open up in a little bit of a different way, which I'll explain shortly. But a medium is connecting to spiritual energy for the physical person they're reading for. Okay, how do they do this? So similar as before, bit a bit of a prep work, breathing, meditations, grounding yourself. When I do a mediumship reading, I do my breathing work and my meditation. I then visualize those roots going down my spine, so those beautiful big tree roots down my spine, down my legs into the earth. But instead of grounding into the earth, they carry on going through the different layers until they head towards the heart of Gaia and they wrap around the heart of Gaia. Gaia will go through another podcast. I then visualized a beautiful light coming up from the heart of Gaia, up those roots into my body. And it goes all through my body. I visualize it going from toe to head. But as it's doing so, I'm opening up my chakras. Now, everybody has chakras in their body, hundreds. But you have seven main chakras that run from the base of your spine to the top of your head, and they're all different colors. Think of like a rainbow. I visualize that light that's come up from my roots, hitting each chakra, opening it up and expanding, and I'm pushing those lights, visualizing the light and the color heading out and away from me. So I'm expanding, I'm opening up. Chakras means wheel of energy. It's a spinning wheel of energy. And we'll go through chakras on another series. Once the light has hit my last chakra, which is at the top of my head. I see it opening up a big old cone of light up into the spiritual realm, and that is my connection. I may then do a little bit of a protective work, such as expanding a huge cloak around me and my bubble of energy. I might put up mirrors that face away from me. That's just a precautionary thing I like to do. As I said before, we all work differently. I like to ensure that I am safe comfortable and happy before I open my doors, so to speak. When we then connect, we connect to our spirit guides and then the reading begins. So by opening up my chakras and expanding them out, 
I'm opening up and expanding my energy. So because we as a physical person reside on that low, dense vibration, I have to expand my energetic field, my aura, so that it gets bigger and bigger, lighter and lighter. So it is increasing. A spirit has to do the same work, but they have to decrease their energy and their energetic field. Because they reside on that high light vibration, they have to start bringing in their aura, their energetic field. So it becomes lower and denser. So think of if you're standing in a room, your physical person, you're standing in a room and the walls are so close to you, you can't even put your, your arms out. You need to expand and get that away from you. So you push your arms out. And as you're pushing your arms out, the four walls around you are expanding so that you're getting a heck of a lot more space all around you. Think of then a spirit standing in a room. There is so much room around them that they can't even touch the walls. They then get a rope, wrap it around those walls and start pulling those ropes in so those walls, four walls are coming closer and closer towards them. So it's all about expanding it, de-expanding your energy. So it takes work, it takes effort, not just from the medium side, but for the spirit side too. So as one increases their energy and the other decreases, they meet in the middle. And that's the term medium. So medium means middle. Once they've made that connection, the medium then becomes the anchor to that bridge that connects the physical world to the spiritual world. For some mediums, that's quite easy to open up and connect. For others, it doesn't come naturally. So it takes time, it takes work, it takes effort to make that connection. So the more practice you do, the better you will become at opening up. It's like a muscle. If you go to the gym and work on your arms because you want your arms bigger, you're working on that muscle to expand it. It's the same with mediumship and opening up. The more you work on that muscle, the better it's going to be. But it takes time. It takes time and effort, not just from us, but from spirit too. It is recommended not to try and connect to a spirit who's recently passed, say like within the first six months of their passing, for a number of reasons. Firstly, because it is a huge transition of energy. It's an enormous amount of energy that's passing from physical to spiritual, that's transitioning. It that takes time. It takes time for that spirit to understand and realise what's happened to them and they're no longer living. It also then takes time for that spirit to learn how to decrease their energy so that they can reconnect back to the physical world. But the more important aspect that I feel, when you've passed over, you are seeing people you haven't seen for years. And as heartbreaking it is for us to lose someone, it's so heartwarming to think of who they are reuniting with up in spirit. Our loss is someone else's gain. That's what I like to think of, even though it's so upsetting when someone passes. Our loss is someone else's gain. Think of your father who's passed over, who may have not seen his father for 50, 60 years. Oh my God, think of that first reunion of seeing each other for the first time. They've got a heck of a lot of catching up to do. So the first six months of someone passing, it's not really recommended to try and connect to them. I think if, if someone goes to a reading with that train of thought, it's done based on grief and it's not the best way of connecting to someone and inevitably you wouldn't connect to the person you want to connect with. People very much rely on the medium to make that connection and get it right but that doesn't always happen and as much as the medium is making that connection between physical and spiritual they are holding the light, they are holding the space. If something doesn't go quite right as in you don't hear from the person you want to hear from, the medium gets the blame which is very unfortunate because a lot of people don't realise that 
actually it's a three-way connection. It's a three-way connection between medium spirit and the sitter. And if that connection is wonky donkey in any way, shape or form, it's not going to flow easy and it's going to make things really quite difficult. And the information is not going to come through as easily as it should do. So once a medium has opened up, they've connected to their spirit guide, their spirit guide will assist with the reading. Now we have another episode on spirit guides and gatekeepers. So I'm not going to go too much information on what they are because we will cover it in that in another episode. But your spirit guide is predominantly with you from day dot. They will help you with the reading. So you may just connect to your spirit guide and the spirit guide will give you all the information from the spirit you're connecting with. Or they may step in and help if that spirit doesn't have a very strong connection with you and you can't quite hear or see what they're trying to explain, your spirit guide will then step in. Some mediums also use a gatekeeper. I do when I do my mediumship readings. And I mentioned before in episode one, if you haven't listened, my gatekeeper is massive. Um, he's like twice the size of the Hulk. He is there acting as like a security guard to a doorway. So once we've expanded and opened our connection, we've got the link, we're connected to our spirit guide. There's still that door that needs to open and close. And that doorway lets in the spirits that we want to communicate with. The gatekeeper is there to, basically like a bouncer to a club, a security guard to a door. He's there to help open and close that doorway and not let so many spirits in all at once. And then similar to a psychic, the medium will relay messages and guidance using their clairsenses and intuition so they might see, feel and hear. So for me, I am clairvoyant and clairaudient. So I see and I hear. My seeing is my predominant clair. It overrides everything else. But I have a bit of clairsentient as well, which means I feel. But most of the messages and guidance that I give are based on what I'm seeing. Now, most mediums will just relay the information they're given to you without trying to interpret it too much because ultimately we are the messenger. We are here to give you messages from your loved one, give you that validation that there is life after death. A medium wouldn't really go into past, present and future like a psychic, although some aspects of that could come up. But our goal, our aim, our purpose is to connect you back to your loved one. Now, because a medium has to expand their aura, their energetic field, it could be very draining, especially if the medium is a clairsentient, which means they feel a lot. And sometimes that can be a bit detrimental to the reading itself. So because of that, it's recommended not to really stay connected for longer than an hour to spiritual energy. And that's because it drains our energy, which can lead to tiredness. Your awareness then starts to suffer. So the connection suffers and the information doesn't flow through as easy. Now, I don't have a lot of clairsentience. As I mentioned before, I'm predominantly clairvoyant with clairaudient. But sometimes my clairsentience does come through. And I'm going to give you an example of a reading that i done a long, long time ago that still sticks in my mind. A lot of the times people think that you have to be face to face with a medium or psychic to do a reading. You really do not. You can connect to anyone's energy throughout the entire world. Again, back in the day, I thought to myself, how the heck? No, I don't think so. Oh my gosh, it really does. I'm based in the UK. I've done readings of people in Singapore, in the States, in South Africa, in Australia, without being face to face, physically or on like FaceTime or Zoom. It does work. So I've done this reading for someone who was based in the States. And I was seeing a very young, well-kept lady, long blonde hair, slim. So I explained what I was seeing clothes she was wearing, what she used to do for a living, where she lived. But I explained that this woman was in a little bit of distress because she felt like it wasn't her time to pass. It wasn't her choice. She was not ready. 
So I started picking that up through my clairsentience. So I started feeling. I then started to hear the word sun. Now I mentioned before about mediums should just really give you what they're seeing, hearing or feeling rather than interpreting it. Because the word sun can mean anything. It could mean she has a son that's passed with her in spirit. Could mean that she's passed over and left a son. She could be talking about grandson, son-in-law, who knows? So I started saying the word son back to her. And there was a bit of panic in her voice, in the spirit's voice, that I started to feel the panic with inside me. And then I felt this almighty sharp pain in my stomach that it took me by surprise. You know, when you feel real like sharp stabbing pain that it makes you feel sick and you start getting the sweats, it was not pleasant. I've never experienced that before because I didn't start off with a great deal of clairsentience. It's built up and grown throughout my time as a medium. So it really took me by surprise. So I said to my spirit guide, whose name is Peter, you need to please take the spirit away from me. I, I can't cope with this. This is too painful. I don't know what the heck it is. It's kind of frightened me. Please take this away from me. Now, there are such things as spiritual laws that spirit mediums should abide by. If you're asking the spirit during a mediumship reading as a medium to take a pain away from you, they should abide by that and take that away from you. If they don't, alarm bells will ring and you need to disconnect basically because they're not following spiritual universal laws. We have to abide by certain rules, like rules and regulations we have in life. It's the same thing between beings that they have to abide by certain rules. You have to work together. So thankfully, Peter helped take this pain away from me. And because it frightened me, I, I stopped the reading, I disconnected and closed everything down. So I relayed what I experienced back to this woman on an email. And it turns out that the spirit I connected to was her daughter. And she verified and confirmed what she looked like, what she was wearing, what she did as a living. She lived in Florida. Then she explained how she was shot and killed by her son-in-law. So that explains the word son. So this woman in the physical is her son-in-law who killed her daughter via gunshot, which explains the almighty pain I felt in my stomach. And if that's what a spiritual gunshot feels like, bloody hell, I don't want to feel an actual gunshot. It was awful. But it's things like that, that you can experience that can drain you. It also leaves a bit of a frightening feeling for you if you've not experienced that before. So if you ever come across that, if your reading is suddenly interrupted and the medium has to say, look, we need to close the session down, it's because they've probably experienced something or felt something that they're not comfortable with. The most important thing is that the medium, as well as the sitter, has to be comfortable with what's going on. It's the same as if you'd gone for a reading and the medium can't get that connection. Within 10 to 15 minutes, if there's no connection whatsoever, then the reading would not commence. You'll most likely be offered a refund or offered like another appointment to come back. So once the reading has commenced and the connection is perhaps waning a bit, it's not so strong as it was before, we know it's time to finish the reading. So we kind of reverse the steps that we did to open up to close it down. We thank spirit, we close our doors, we start bringing in our energy, our chakras, our roots come back up to us, and we're back with our own physical energy. Everything's all disconnected off. Now, some spiritual mediumship readings aren't all love and light. They're not all about connecting to a loved one give a validation, everything's all okay. It's not all positive, unfortunately. There are a couple of instances, like I just mentioned before about if a spirit doesn't take pain away from you to disconnect. There are a couple of things that could cause a little bit of a setback for a medium. 
such as piggybackers. So I've experienced this before. And predominantly when I was still learning and growing my mediumship abilities, piggybackers is when another spirit comes through the door because you perhaps have left it a little bit open. You haven't been aware that there is another energy entering your energy field. And this spirit has nothing to do with the person who's come to see you, nothing to do with that sitter whatsoever. They have no links, no connections. It's a piggybacker. They want to come forward and tell you their story, um, try and get you to connect with their loved one. It has no relation to the reading whatsoever. Another setback is leaving the doors open. So what I just said with leaving your door slightly ajar, it does take time to control the doorways, control the links and connections that you have. Think of it as like in your own physical home. You wouldn't leave your front door open so any old Tom, Dick or Harry can walk in the door. You would make sure it's shut and it's shut firmly so no one can get in. And that's the same with a spiritual door. You have to be very careful of what you're leaving open unbeknownst or intentionally. Another aspect that could affect a reading is the sitter, the sitter's energy being off. So I mentioned before that it has to be like a three-way connection. It's like a 90% connection between medium and spirit, but a 10% connection to medium spirit and sitter. So if your energy is off, you're going for a reading, your energy is off, it will affect the energy of the reading. It will affect the connection. And people don't realize that. And then the blame gets put on the medium if something doesn't go quite right. Now, I've got another example of one of my worst readings I'd ever done face-to-face. This was years ago, but you always tend to remember the negative things, don't you? So I went to this lady's home for a reading. She welcomed me in. We sat at a table in her kitchen. And her kitchen was next to the living room where she had shut the door, but it was a glass door so I could see in. And her husband was in there watching TV that must have been on bloody volume 50 or something. It was so loud. So you've got the distraction there straight away. So we sat down and one of the very first things she said to me was all the mediums she watches on YouTube, you know, how famous they are and what they do and all the connections they make. So I'm sitting there thinking, right, you have got too high expectations. I made it clear to this lady that I am still very much practicing. I don't do the readings for monetary value back when I'm practicing because it is just that is a practice reading. She then started talking about seeing a medium in the same area that I was in, who was pretty shite. So I thought, brilliant, okay. I really don't know how this is going to go. So that negativity has been planted. That seed has been planted. So the connection is not going to go well because not only is her energy totally off, it's affected my energy now. It's affected my mind. So I explained what I was going to do. got the connection and I started relaying information back to her. And her answer was no, 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 no. And then I'd say about perhaps an auntie who had passed over because of this. No, no, no. Auntie Dodd passed over from a heart attack in June. Oh, and Uncle Bob passed over from a car accident in May the following year. Oh, and so and so. So there I'm thinking, you're giving me way too much information. So I explained to her, like, I appreciate the the information, but if we can try and leave the answers to a yes or no, because if you're giving me too much information, I don't know then if I'm picking that information up from you or from spirit. So if spirit give me similar information, I can't then give it to you because you're going to think what well, I've literally just told you. So the first 10, 15 minutes was just basically no's. And I'm sitting there thinking I'm going to have to shut down this reading now because I know what I'm picking up is correct, but you're just not having any of it. And she sat there very closed off. She had a teeny tiny little dog, which was ever so good during the reading, but she kind of held it to her chest, like someone who crosses their arms over their chest. So she's creating a barrier there. That barrier is also not going to help the connection. So then I started giving information on her daughter. I mentioned about links to Canada and a war memorial, things like that. 
And she was like, no, 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 no. So I started closing down the session and explained to her, like, I think we're not really going to get anywhere with this. And then she started telling me that of her daughter that I'd literally spoken about 10 minutes ago. Then she started telling me about a family holiday to Canada. And I was sitting there thinking, I've just literally said this. I've just told you this. So then it started winding me up good and proper. And I'm thinking, this is like, this reading is just off. It is just not happening. So it left a sour taste in my mouth. This woman actually gave me some money afterwards. I was pleasantly surprised, like a little voluntary donation. So it left me thinking, well, it couldn't have been that bad. But then I thought of it and I thought, it really put me in a bad frame of mind. And I started thinking, well, what's the point? You know, nothing worked well for me. I blamed my spirit guide. I blamed myself. That was it. I'm not doing this no more. And then like, once you calm down and realize, hang on a minute, actually, my poor spirit guide was just helping me out. I didn't do anything. It was her. It was her energy. It was her connection. It was her vibes. She was given off that caused that bad reading. It's things like that, that people don't realize can greatly affect a reading. And that's more so with mediumship readings, but it can happen with psychic readings. Now, I mentioned before about spiritual laws. There's also something called universal laws. And we'll go through this in another podcast. But one of the universal laws is that nothing and no one can affect the energy of another without their permission. And you might see some mediums, and there is a well-known medium who you find on the telly, who just randomly goes up to people in like a gym or a supermarket and starts giving them messages from Auntie Dot who passed over. To me, that's a big fat no-no. If you want to work in that way, if you're a medium, that's fine. That's your prerogative. It's just not for me. I like to work by universal spiritual laws. So I wouldn't go up to someone and start giving them a message, giving them information. Because A, I'm breaking my universal law code. B, I am leaving myself open to picking up whatever, wherever I go, which is quite dangerous, as I mentioned about opening and closing doors. But also I'm approaching you from an egotistical perspective. I am coming to you saying, this is what I've got. This is what I can do. Do you want the message? Here we go. I haven't asked you for your permission. And that person might be a complete skeptic and will think you're bloody nuts. Or they might actually be quite frightened of spiritual things, which some people are. Some people are frightened of the unknown and what they don't know or understand. And that's okay. This is one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast, to get more awareness out there, more information about things that might come across scary, but actually aren't. So if you do see a medium who just comes up to someone random and starts giving a message, mm, it's up to you how you want to approach that. I would say absolutely not. A medium shouldn't work from an egotistical perspective. They should work from a genuine, honest approach, which if if you're a sceptic, I appreciate that might sound a bit funny because there are genuine mediums out there, but there are also some who aren't so genuine, okay? By that, I mean, if you do go for a psychic or medium reading, we would ask you some questions. What I would say is, if you're going to go for a reading, just be cautious of the questions we're going to ask you. So we might turn around and say, would it make sense if I said on a Monday morning, you always did a yoga class at 10 a.m.? If that makes sense to you, yes, it does make sense. We would ask you questions to try and make sure that we're on this, the correct path, basically, to where this is going. If I turn around to you and said, what do you do on a Monday morning? What do you like to do? What time? Who do you see? I'm fishing for information there. So I'm not so genuine. Some people do work based on that. I personally don't because I don't want you to give me information. And a medium shouldn't really fish for questions like that. If they are genuine and they've got a valid connection, they're going to give you that information, not the other way around. 
So let's break it down between psychics and mediums. So a psychic will connect to physical energy. A medium will connect to spiritual energy. A psychic can, can stay connected to a physical person's energy for hours because they don't have to expand and open up like a medium does. They are doing that psychic reading based on that same low, dense vibrational field and energy. So they can stay connected for hours without getting drained. A medium shouldn't really stay connected for more than an hour because of how they're expanding and opening their energy. A psychic predominantly gives guidance messages on past, present and future. And a medium will give messages of validation from loved ones. And as I mentioned before, a psychic works on the low earthly vibration and a medium will work on a higher lighter vibration. So if you are thinking about going for a reading, I've just got a few tips and tricks that I think would benefit you. If you've been for a reading before, maybe go for another one. Who knows? You might find out something completely different the next time around. So let's get cracking on. Tip number one, don't live your life by what a psychic says. So for an example, what I mean by that is I had someone who booked in three or four times in a space of three weeks for a psychic reading because she felt like I had all the answers, I had all the knowledge, and she lived her life by what I was giving back to her. Please don't do that. As much as a psychic will try and help you and give you guidance based on that past, present, future that I mentioned before, you are ultimately responsible for your own life, your own purpose, your own goals. Okay, You need to make your decisions. Don't heavily rely on a psychic. Yes, it is nice to get clarification. I've done the same thing. If I've really been stuck in a rut and really didn't know what to do, I might have gone for psychic reading just to get a bit of clarification. That psychic hasn't told me, you need to do this, you don't need to do that. They've just helped me try and make my own decision. Tip number two, it's probably best not to waste a psychic or a medium's time if you're not ready. If you book in for a reading and then you think, oh no, I'm not sure about this, let's cancel. And then the next day you're like, no, 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 I want that reading, I want that reading. Book in again and a week later, no, 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 I'm not ready, I'm going to cancel. You're kind of wasting our time. And I don't mean that in any disrespectful way. Some people are generally not ready to have a reading and that's okay. What I would say is if you're not ready, it's probably best to wait until you are before booking an appointment because the more you book in and cancel, you're preventing other people from being able to have an appointment. And some psychics and mediums, their waiting list is bloody months. Some are even years long. So book in when you feel you're ready. You will know deep down when you're ready to have that reading. Tip number three, go with an open heart and an open mind. Try not to have a logical mind, logical perspective. Go there believing that you're going to get the messages and guidance you want. Maybe set an intention yourself before you go there. If there's something particular you want to know, you could ask a psychic. If there was someone specific you want to connect with, ask the medium. That doesn't necessarily mean to say that that's going to particularly come up, but it's worth just going with an open heart and an open mind. Tip number four, if nothing makes sense during that reading, that's okay. Sometimes, in fact, actually a lot of the times during a reading, things don't always make sense right now at that present moment, and that's okay. You should get an email copy or even a voice recorded copy of your reading. And we always recommend to listen to it back, maybe in a week, couple of months, or even like a year or so later, because you'll find what was mentioned then, weeks, months, even a year later, has happened and it resonates even more so. So I had a, a lady come for a reading and she was really polite and kind and said, look, 
that doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't resonate, but thank you so much for your time and effort. And then three months later, she was like, oh my God, Holly, everything you said on that reading has now happened. Oh my God, thank you so much. And she left me some really super feedback. So it doesn't always make sense at the time, but that's not saying that it won't and it never will. Tip number five, don't give too much information away. If we ask you questions, just try and answer it with a yes or a no. That's what we like. Like I mentioned before with that woman I had that dodgy reading with, she was giving me way too much information. It's best to just answer yes or no if you can. Next tip, don't be disheartened if you don't hear what it is you want to hear or hear from who you want to hear from. Unfortunately, 90% of readers don't work like that. The readings are predominantly what you need to know and not what you want to know. Before I do a psychic or medium reading, I always mention that because I need to set your expectations because I don't want you going away feeling upset or begrudged because you haven't got the answer or you haven't spoken to the person you want to speak with. Next tip, if you're going for readings and you like to have readings, which most people do, I would recommend leaving at least six months between readings because if something has been brought up in one reading and it's not going to happen for like four, five, six, seven months, you want time to process it. You want time for the things to happen that they should happen. So if you want multiple readings, we say leave at least six months between readings. And then the last tip is please, please leave feedback. A lot of the time we do a psychic or mediumship reading and we don't hear from you again. We don't hear from that person. So we have absolutely no clue if we were right or wrong. Now, a reading isn't about getting it right all the time, but everyone has an off day and everyone would like to hear if they did get it right, if they were spot on. You know, like a hairdresser, a hairdresser might have an off day and they might accidentally cut a little bit too much off the hair. You know, a roofer might fit a towel wrong and the water flows through. Everyone has an off day, and that's the same with a psychic or a medium. But we won't know unless you give us some feedback, whether that's good or bad. If it's bad feedback, it's constructive feedback for us because it means that, okay, we've had a bad reading, that's fine. It's one of those things, it happens. Like I said, we will have an off day. But also sometimes we end up changing the way we do things, our processes or our opening up or expanding. And then if you leave good feedback, we know that we've helped you and it brings us real comfort. It's lovely to think that we've been able to help someone and give you guidance that you really did need. So that's kind of the end of today's podcast. I feel like we've gone through a lot today and I hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as I've enjoyed speaking about it because it brought back some nice memories. So what we're going to do next up on the next episode, we'll look at the spirit guides and gatekeepers I mentioned before and the different kind of guides you can come across, not only during readings, but throughout your mediumship journey. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, your evening. Stay safe and until the next time.